Good evening, good evening, good evening. Good evening, everyone. Today is another good day. We already know this, though. We already, already, already know this. Hey, if you can hear the sound of my voice, I'd like to say welcome um, to my podcast. This is Arthur Pearlie Martin um, with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. And this evening, this Sunday evening, 8-22-21, I dropped in to say, okay, I wanted to ask the question because you already know. You already know I'm getting ready to do it. I needed to know what is your fear factor? (laughs) Yes, we're getting ready to deal with it. But you know what? We're going to go deep. You know, here we're going to go. We're going to go down on the inside. We're going to get to the root cause of the problem. You're going to be so amazed what we're getting ready to talk about here. Um, so you guys um, be so blessed. Uh, we're getting ready to start. But what you know we're going to pray first. Father God, we just thank you. Um, we thank you right now, Lord God, for being in the midst of us, Father God. We thank you that uh, you called and created us to be the head and not the tail above and not beneath, Lord God. And I'm we ask that you uh, ask Father that you open our eyes to see and our ears to hear what the Spirit of the Living God is saying to us again today, this day. In Jesus' name, we pray. And so I'm dropping in and I'm asking the question: <laughs> um, What is your fear factor? I mean, what is really going on? We all know, and we say, and we all agree. Um, that God has not given us this spirit of fear. We all know, we all agree that fear is a spirit. We know this because 2 Timothy 1 and 7 tells us this, right? The NLT, 2 Timothy 1 and 7 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. So here it is, it's saying a spirit of fear, letting us know that fear is a spirit and it's not to be tolerated. And Timothy, Timothy, but a power, timidity, but a power, love, and self-discipline. I believe King James says, for God, let let me read the Amplified. The Amplified version says, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardness or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind, sound judgment, and personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm well-balanced mind and self-control. And how many of you know that when you're dealing with that spirit of fear, you're not going to be calm because you're going to be dealing with anxiety. You're not going to be well-balanced because you're going to be emotional wrecked because of the anxiety. And you're not going to have self-control because your emotions are going to be all over the place. This is how you know that when you're dealing with a spirit of fear, the world likes to dress it up and call it anxiety. Um, but really, if you look up the word fear, one of its meaning is anxiety. Okay. If you look up the word fear, one of the meanings is anxiety. Look up anxiety. See if one of the meanings is fear. I don't know, but I know fear, anxiety is fear. It's worry. It's care. It's when you begin to feel overwhelmed. And what does the Bible says about this being anxious and this anxiety? I'm going to see, we, I'm going to go where the Holy Spirit tells us to go. Okay. Okay, so it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind, right? Um, And so then the Bible goes on to tell us, he said, to be anxious for nothing, right? He says, be anxious for nothing. Um, English Standard Version is Philippians 4 and 6. Let's look at Philippians 4 and 6, English Standard Version. It says, do not be anxious, anxious, anxiety. Don't be anxious. Don't feel, don't be anxious about anything. He says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, he said, just let your requests be made known unto God. And then let's go on and read the the rest of it. Let's go on and read uh, Ephesians 6. Let's read that whole thing. Let's read the whole version. Uh, but But in everything, through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And then the peace of God which passes all understanding will cover your heart and minds in Christ Jesus, right? So he's telling us, he said, you know what? I don't want you to be anxious about anything, but I want you to pray about everything. 
How about that? So a lot of times when we're feeling anxious, it's because we haven't took the time out to pray, to pray about it. Um, How many of you know that the word of God is true? So there's a promise attached to our obedience. Every time we do what the word of God say do, it releases the power of God to operate. So he tells us to be anxious for nothing. Uh, Philippians 4, 6. Let's, let's go a little bit more into it. It says, finally, brethren. Um, we're going to start Ephesians 4. Let's go 4 and 4. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. This is English standard. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on to tell us how to think and what to think on. In Philippians 4 and 8, it says, Finally, brothers, Brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So we want the peace of God to be with us. He's telling us. He first, he tells us, he said, I don't want you to be anxious about anything because anxiety, fear is a spirit. It's that spirit of fear that's tormenting us, causing us to feel anxious. And you know why? Well, you know why we're feeling anxious? Because we're thinking uh, fearful thoughts. So this, he come and he said, look here, I'm, I'm going to tell you what you need to think about in order to have God's peace. And in Philippians 4, 8, he said, if it's honorable, if it's pure, if it's lovely, if it's commendable, if it's praiseworthy, if it's anything of excellence, of good report, he said, these are the things I need you to think about. Because how many of you know that when you're thinking ugly, when you're speaking ugly and you're acting ugly, it's because you're thinking ugly thoughts. <laughs> That's what's happening to us. Because our mind is, our body's going to do what the mind tells it to. So as soon as you feel those negative, ugly thoughts come to your mind, uh, 2 Corinthians what is it? 10 tells cast down those evil imaginations and those thoughts that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God or those thoughts that's contrary to what God is saying. Those thought, those lying thoughts. Okay. Those are not God's thoughts. If it's, if it's not a good thought, if it's not, if it's not pure, if it's not honorable, if it's not lovely, if it's not commendable, if it's not praiseworthy, if it's not a good report, then those aren't God's thoughts. <laughs> He's telling us here what to think. Yes, God tells us what to think. He said, and then, because if, if you think like this, this is this is when he says that God, the God of peace will be with you. If we want the peace of God, we're going to have to put on the mind of God. We're going to have to think the thoughts of God. How many of you know that um, Jeremiah 29, 11 says that the, the plans that God has for us are good and not evil to prosper us, bless us, and bring us into great success. How many of you know that God thinks good thoughts about us? He's not sitting around thinking evil thoughts. So those evil thoughts, those negative thoughts, those thoughts that's contrary to the word of God, that's exalting itself against the knowledge of God. We have to bring those thoughts into obedience to the word of God by saying, hey, that's not what God say. That's those are not his thoughts about me. How many of you know that those thoughts that are in your head, you're thinking that those are your thoughts, but those are not your thoughts. Those are the thoughts of the enemy. He's putting those thoughts in your head and he's causing you to feel down and depressed and useless. And he's telling you all these lying things about yourself. That's not true because God doesn't think evil about you. <laughs> the thoughts that he have about us are good. The plans that he have about us are good and not evil to bless us, to prosper us and bring us into great success. How many of you know that? So if we want the peace of God. We're going to have to put on the mind of God. Jesus said in this world, we're going to have some tribulations, but those who keep their mind stayed on me. He said, I will keep you in perfect peace. How about that? Because he said that the peace that he gives us, it didn't come from the world. The peace that he gives us, the world, the world can't give us the peace that comes from God. The peace that comes from God, it passes all understanding. It will cover our hearts and minds 
in Christ Jesus. You know that peace that passes all understanding. The peace that passes all understanding is that kind of peace that you can't even understand. I don't know about you, but I have experienced the peace that passes all understanding. I'm telling you, I have been in some storms where the, where the wind was blowing and the waves were tossing and, and, and it seems like all hell around me was breaking loose. But on the inside, I'm telling you, if it was not for the peace of God, I would have lost my mind. Because it was not natural. It was supernatural. It was spiritual. I'm just going to sit there for a minute. I want you to think about that. So here we see again, he said, we, we all agree that fear is a spirit. We all say God hasn't given it to us. So why are we still, our lives still filled with anxiety? We have believers that's on anxiety medication. Um, there's no condemnation, but... If we say what the word saying, we believe what the word saying, we agree what the word say. This is how I want you to counterattack it because the problem is we don't know how to fight the fight. Okay, the Bible tells us to fight the good fight of faith. So how do we fight the good fight of faith? By holding on to what God say. Remember the parable of the sower, Matthew thirteen, I believe it is, where it's talking about the parable of the sower. We we um I've done podcasts on this that the devil is coming to steal the word. The devil is coming to steal this word. So how does, because the word is our weapon, right? The weapon of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, right? The word of God is our weapon, right? It tells us put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith that's going to quench the fiery darts, the belt of truth, and for us to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. That's the, that's the, uh, putting on the full armor of God. We need to put on the, we need to walk with the full armor of God on daily. And then it says, and we're supposed to have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So the word of God is our weapon of warfare. So now we understand the fight. He said, fight the good fight of faith. One time I said, Lord, what's so good about a fight? Because the fight is already fixed. You see, we're already more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, because it was for this very purpose, this thing that the devil is using, this lie that the devil is telling you to torment you, to make you feel anxious. I want you to know that God has already dealt with that. So you don't have to worry about it. This is why he says in every Thing, through prayer and supplication, let's make your request made known unto God. So how do we cast our cares? We cast our cares through prayer. Cast your cares upon the Lord, First Peter tells us, because he cares for us, right? So we cast our cares upon the Lord through prayer. And he's telling us in uh, Philippians how to do it, just to be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, to make your request known unto God. He's saying, cast your cares upon me. Bring it to the Lord in prayer. He already know, but just you, you know, get down there and talk to your father because in his presence is joy and pleasures every more forevermore in the presence of God is the peace of God Jesus said in this world we're going to have some trouble tribulations but those who keep their mind stayed on me he said I will keep you in perfect peace all hell around you uh, uh, 10,000 might be dying at your right side and another thousand at your left side but you know what it won't be able to come near you the peace of God I'm telling you I know I'm here to testify to you about that the peace of God which passes all understanding is so very true you know right now I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this TV screen and it's blank it's just still that's what peace is on the inside. That's that peace. It's like that. That It's just calm. You're so calm on the inside and you can't figure out why. And some people are like, I don't know how I'm so calm when all this is going. That's the peace of God. You keep thinking about him. You meditate on him. You do what his words say do. We want the peace of God. The word of God works, but we have to work the word. We actually have to do what it says. Just knowing what it says is not going to cause the peace of God to come. We actually have to do what it says. When the devil, the, the warfare is in the mind. That's why we have to cast down those evil imaginations and those thoughts that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. We got to bring those thoughts in obedience to the word. We have to, you know, those things that the devil 
devil is telling us that's contrary to who God, what God says about us. We have to bring those thoughts and say, oh, no, devil. God says I'm more than a conqueror. You know, he wants, oh, you're just a nobody. No, no, devil. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the head and not the tail. And by the way, devil, you are defeated because I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. And by the way, devil, greater is he that's within me than you that's in the world, that antichrist spirit that speak contrary to who God is, that speaks contrary to what God says. That's that spirit of that antichrist. It's against Christ. Um, we, we have to pull down those mindset strongholds. But in order to do all these things, we have to spend time in the word of God. How many of you know that our soul must be anchored in the Lord, because when our soul is anchored, we will be like that tree. You know, that song that they sang, like a tree planted by the water, I'll not be moved. Well, in order to be like that tree that's planted by the water, we're going to have to be rooted and grounded in the word of the Lord. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This means you're going to have to be hearing. We got to hear the word on a constant basis. It's not faith doesn't come by what you heard. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. So we need to spend time listening to the words of the Lord and not just sitting up focusing on the words of the world. You know, some, some, some of us, first thing we do in the morning is turn on the world news. Don't turn on that world news without turning on God's good news, because the truth of the matter is I hear people say, well, we got to know what's going on in the world. No. Well, if you'll spend time in the word, <laughs> you'll know what's going on in the world. I'm going to tell you what's going on in the world. Evil men are going world worse. Okay. Um, children are being disobedient to parents. This is what's going on in the world because you know how I know because the word already said so. So when you turn on the news and you hear about all this horrific killing and all this, the, the word already said, men will become lovers of themselves more than lovers of God, having no mercy, you know, God haters, having itching ears, a lot will depart from the faith piercing their souls with many sorrows. So when you hear uh, leaders falling in the church, uh, shepherds leaving their flock, all this kind of stuff, the Bible already talked about all this kind of stuff. So why are we so caught off guard when the Bible fulfills itself? He already told us these things. So we should already be praying, binding up this murdering spirit in the name of Jesus. You know, coming... um, the word has already told us what the world is going to do. Okay. So before you start your day, remember to stop, drop and pray. Okay. Acknowledging God in all our ways so he can lead, guide and direct our path. Cause his promise to us is that if, when we acknowledge him in all our ways, that he would direct our path, right? He tells us, lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge me and I will direct your path. He tells us this, uh, in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, right? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, he said, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Quit trying to figure it out. Don't try to figure it out, but in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. That's God's promise to us. He's saying that when we when we submit ourselves to his will, to his way, to his won't, to his will, that he will make our path straight. Why is this? Because when we're submitting to God, we're walking in agreement with God. And when we're walking in agreement with God, there's only one way that he's going to lead us. And that's the right way because he is the way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That he's going to lead us into the green pastures. He's going to lead us by the still water. <laughs> Don't we say it in Psalms 23? What does that mean? Did, will you allow the Lord to shepherd you? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. A lot of times we won't allow the Lord to shepherd us because we like sometimes sheep have gone astray and we want to do things our own way. And he's got that rod and that staff, his word and his correction. He's trying to bring us back in line with his good plan and good purpose because sheep are some of the dumbest animals in the world. There's no condemnation, but he uses the sheep to say, look, the sheep needs a shepherd and Jesus Christ is the good shepherd. 
The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want Psalms 23. Go back and read Psalms 23 and now look at it from a different perspective. That you're the sheep, he's the shepherd, and he's trying to lead us into the still water. Will you allow the Holy Spirit to shepherd you? Will you allow your heavenly father to shepherd you? For those who are the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. Now, my text was, my question to you, I'm see if I can get back into this, is what is your fear factor? So we all agree that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a, a power, love, and a sound mind. For, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, right? For you did not, Romans 8, 15 tells us, he said, for you did not receive a spirit of slavery that returns you to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Let me read, let me start at Romans 8 and 14. It says, for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoptions as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. How many of you know that we've been adopted by God? We had to be adopted by God because we were born into sin. And in order to um, be born again, we had to accept Jesus Christ. For he told Nicodemus, he said, for verily, verily, I say unto you and John, um, you must be born again, right? So um, we were adopted by God. So we've been adopted as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. We call him Abba, Father. The Spirit himself, God's Spirit, when we become born again, the Bible says that the Spirit himself bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs of Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we are may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the suffering of this present time is not nothing to be compared to the glory that's going to be revealed, right? So you know what the Lord said to me, said, Pearl, when you're going through the only thing that's suffering anyway is your flesh. But um, that, that's not, I want to I want to get up in here. But God, but those who are the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. But God did not give us a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. So fear holds us in, in, uh, in bondage. So how does fear... Hold us in bondage. Okay, let's see. First John 4, 18. He said, there is no fear in love. So when we're feeling afraid, that's because we're not uh, made complete in God's love. Not, we don't have confidence in God's love. I want you to, um, I want you to earmark that. I want you to pick up on that. I want you to be sensitive to that. That when fear comes, when anxiety comes, when worry comes, I want you to remember that's because you have lost Confidence in God's love. There's no condemnation. Okay, we finna clear this up here. First John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love. Okay. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. We're not having confidence. We're not completely confident confident in God's love for us. Let me read the Amplified, 1 John 4, 18. It says, there is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. You're not dreadful. You're not fearful. You're not anxious. You're not afraid. Okay. It says, but perfect, complete, full grown love drives out fear. So I like to tell people that when we have confidence, confidence in God's love for us, cast fear out of us, cast that spirit, it drives that spirit of fear out of us. Because how many of you know that when you know that God has got your back, I'm talking about for real, I'm not talking about no religious song we sing. No, I'm saying that when we're fully confident of God's love for us, that's when we, um, Fear will have no place in us. That's where true confidence come from. I'm not talking about self-esteem. I'm talking about God's esteem. He said we must decrease so he can increase. Okay. I'm not talking about having confidence in yourself. I'm talking about having confidence in the God, our creator, our heavenly father, having faith and confidence in his love for us. Because when you believe that God loves you, fear will have no place in you because perfect love cast out fear. Have confidence in God's love for you. I remember the day the Lord gave me that revelation. I called my mom and I began to share with her and she began to just scream hallelujah and praise the Lord all over that phone. That was a rhema word. That perfect love 
cast off fear. Have confidence in God's love for you. And his word will manifest for you. How many of you know that faith, the Bible said faith, work it by love. If we don't believe that God loves us, we're not going to believe anything that he says to us. This is why our faith is not at working. Because faith work it by love. Do you believe in your heart that what he say is true? He who promised is faithful. I, I want to stop for a minute. I want to remind you of John 3, 16. For God so loved, I want to say you. Put your name in there. The scripture says, for God so loved the world. But I want, you, I want you to take it and make it personal because the word of God is his love letter to us. So God has not given, um, for God so loved the world. For God so loved Pearlie, for God so loved me, for God so loved you, that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, right? That was his only begotten son, John 3, 16, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life or everlasting life. It was because God so loved us that he gave his only begotten son for us. That's how he proved his love to us, the Bible says, that even when we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. That's how God proved his love for us. His his love for us didn't ha- wasn't based upon our behavior. God's love for us is based upon who he is because the Bible says that God is love. God not only so love, but love is who God is. How many of you know that? That God is love. That's who he is. And not to love us, he would have to deny who he is. I'm trying to say this because I'm trying to convince you, convey you, and um, testify to you that God loves us. And knowing that God, how many of you know that knowing that God loves me causes me to love him that much more? It causes me to want to be more obedient to him. Jesus said, if you love me, then obey me. So our obedience to God comes out of our love for God. Okay, 1 John 4.18 says, There is no love, fear, and love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this because I'm getting ready to get the meat to the meat of it. Because this is where I was really trying to get to. What is your fear factor? Okay. What is your fear factor? It says fear involves punishment or judgment. Fear makes you think that something bad is going to happen. Fear is a spirit. Okay, so this spirit has a voice. The devil has a voice. How many of you know that? And so when we say things like, well, I'm afraid of heights. So are you really afraid of heights or are you afraid of falling and dying? So really the thing that you're really afraid of is death. Come on, let's, I told you that we were going to go inside and we was going to deal with the real issue. Okay, the fear, the fear is a spirit, right? Fear is a spirit because fear, it causes you to think that something bad is going to happen. If you don't do this, then this is going to happen. It always Fear is always attached to a negative evil. Fear is always, that spirit of fear is always going to talk to you about think bad things happening to you. Okay, I don't like flying. On, I'm afraid to fly on an airplane. What are you really saying? What you're really saying is, I'm afraid to fly on the airplane because I'm afraid it's going to fall, crash, and I'm going to die. So you are really afraid of death. And we bind that because... God has, uh, he's, 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 uh, as believers, we're not to love our lives unto death, but not only are we not to love our lives unto death, but Jesus, how many of you know, conquered death, hell, and the grave. The Bible says that Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. Oh, death, where is your, uh, sting? Oh, grave, where is your, Death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Um, how many of you know that to die is is to live? But now has been revealed by appearing uh, who abolished death and brought life. Um, 2 Timothy 1 and 10. Hold on one minute. 2 Timothy 1 and 10. But as believers, how many of you know? Um, look up 2 Timothy 1 and 10. 
How many of you know that as believers, we're not to fear death? If we really believe that uh, being absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, um, what are we what are we fearful and afraid of? If, if that's what we really believe, there's no condemnation. Um, 2 Timothy 1 and 10, and which now has been manifest though, the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immoral, immorality to life through the gospel. He abolished death. Oh, death, where is your sin? How many of you know that Jesus Christ is the life? He is the resurrection. You guys remember when he rose uh, Lazarus from the grave? And they was like, Mary's like, but Jesus, if you would have been here earlier, he wouldn't be dead. And he's like, I, I am the resurrection. I am believing God that in these last days that the dead is going to be raised. Um, we're going to have to have radical, uh, vengeful faith. The violent take it by force um, because, you know, uh, that spirit of fear is really out here tormenting a lot of people. And a lot of people have lost their faith. They don't realize it, but for real they have. And the reason they don't realize it is because they still quote Bible scriptures. But the deception of that all is that, that we're not acting on it. So I'm going to go here and I'm going to say this. I'm going to ask the question for, to some of you. Because um, some of you, there's no condemnation. Okay, there is no condemnation. But what is your fear factor? What is the thing that motivated you to do what you do? Did we have to always go to the root cause? Because see, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Well, I'm afraid of, of this. When you say that you are afraid of something, go a little bit deeper and ask yourself why. The Bible said that the, the thing that Job feared the most came upon him. The thing that Job, and what was the fear? It had to be that one day he was going to lose everything that he had. Because that's what happened to him. That's what happened to him. Job 3.25. Let's see what it talks about. What I feared has come upon me. What I dread has happened to me. And so we, if we read the story in the book of Job, uh, we know that the devil came and attacked him and he killed his kids, his livestock. He had boils all over his body. I believe the thing that Job feared the most is that uh, one day he would lose it all. How many of you know that your fear can activate your faith? Is your fear activating your faith? I'm afraid that this is going to happen. I'm a, Watch your words, too, because remember that life and death is in the power of the tongue. But at the end of the day, I believe the thing that we're all, you know, when we fear, the fear factor is death. But people are afraid to die. And this is the lie that the devil always tells. The fear has to do with punishment. Fear has to do with torment. And when you're tormented and when you're afraid, you're going to torment everything and everybody around you because you are under the influence of that spirit called fear. So now you're anxious and you got everybody, if they're not strong enough in the Lord and they're not rooted and grounded, you can cause them to be anxious and set your whole environment in disarray because you're loosening that spirit. How can two walk together except they both agree? Be careful not to walk in agreement with this spirit of fear. Because when you walk in agreement with the spirit of fear, that thing that you fear the most, it really will come upon you. And you say things like, well, I knew this was going to happen. Well, what you just did, be careful of your words because words have power. I told you that was going to happen. Yeah, you spoke it all right because life and death is in the power of the tongue. Now you're having what you're saying because we're going to eat the words. We're going to eat the fruit of our words. In other words, you're going to eat your words. We're eating our words. We're having what we're saying. We're having what we're saying. So be careful of what you're saying. Because, you know, we're going to have to give account of every idle word we speak. What is your fear factor? We know that fear is a spirit. And I'm really just dropping in because I want you to go just a little bit deeper. Because it has become sociably acceptable. 
we tend to tolerate it. Uh, and we and we it's wrapped around in a term called anxiety. We tend to um, um, tolerate that spirit. We tend to tolerate it. Oh yes, my we even call it ours. My anxiety, my this, my we can't walk in agreement with that because if you own it, when you confess it, you possess it. How can two walk together except they both agree? What are you walking in agreement? What fears are you walking in agreement with? Well, I want to comfort you and encourage you, okay? God tells us, he said, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Do not fear. Fear. God is saying, do not fear. Do not be afraid. Because when we are fearful and afraid, our faith in God cannot work. Because fear is attached to doubt and unbelief. And when we when we um when fear is in us, it's because our, our love has not been made complete and we have lost our confidence in his love. So how do we, how do we overcome that? How do we cause our love to become complete? Hmm, let me see. No man, I'm finna tell you how you, we can grow and cause our love to become complete in God. Okay. First John 4 and 12, it says no man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, okay, the people that we can see, okay, if we love one another, then it says God dwells in us, right? And his love is perfected in us. So when we can learn to love other people like God loves us, then that's when our love has been made complete. The word of God tells us, he said, how can we say we love a God who we cannot see if we can't love our own brothers and sisters who we can see? But those who have love know God and those who don't have love, don't abide in love, does not know God. It's simple as that. Why, why would he say that? Because God is love. Love is who God is. And so when we don't walk in love, we're not walking in fellowship with God and we don't know God because Love is who God is. (laughs) So we just have to develop a love relationship um, with our Heavenly Father. And our love for others will come out of our love for God. See, the truth of the matter is some people really are treating you the way they want to be treated. Not necessarily the way they want to be treated, but they're giving you what they got. Okay, if a person does not love God, they can't love you like God. But not only that, if a person does not love themselves... Then they 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 giving you what they got, or they may be sacrificing themselves for others because they don't love themselves. So if anyone loves one, if we love one another, God dwells in us, and His love is perfected in us. So. Here it is. It says again, Romans 8, 15, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear because fear holds us in bondage. Fear causes torment. The Bible say that it's the fear of man that causes a snare. When we are, when we are afraid of what people want to think, that keeps, that holds us back. You ever had a snare in your stocking? You know, that little snare in your stocking. That, that's holding the rest of the stock and it's kind of got it jacked up. The fear of man causes a snare. It's going to hold you back. Um, when we are a people pleaser, we're not a God pe- uh, pleaser. It keeps us in bondage. It keeps us from saying what God wants us to say because we fear. What is your fear factor when it comes to people? You are afraid of what they're going to think. When we say stuff like, well, I'm afraid to speak in front of people. No, what we really should say is, I'm afraid of what they're going to think. You see, that's going into the root cause of it. Um, So it's not so much of being afraid of speaking in front of people. You're afraid of what people are going to think about you. 
Um, but there's no condemnation because um, when we spend time, the more time we spend with the Lord, the more we will begin to um, fall in love with him. But our obedience to God, every time you do what God say do, you're walking in love. Um, Jesus said, if you love me, obey me. So it's just a step at a time, a day at a time, and meditating on the goodness of God, spending time in the word of God, delighting ourselves in the Lord. Okay. When we walk in love, then uh, when we when we love others, we're walking in love, and, and and God is abiding in us, and we're abiding in God. It's a love relationship. Our love for God is going to cause us is going to cause our obedience to God. So the way we prove our love to God is by our obedience to God. What is the Word of God saying about whatever it is that He's saying to you? What is God saying to you? So every time we do what God say do. <laughs> it proves to him, it proves to ourselves, and it proves to others that we love God, right? And that God is in us and that we're in God. See, this this is why it's so important to walk in love. Because when you walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. So when we walk in love, we won't fulfill the evil desires of our flesh called the works of the flesh. Love, relationship, relationship, relationship. I used to always say this. I don't know if people quite understood what I was saying when I was saying everything comes out of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's hard to be obedient to someone you don't know, right? So God and his word is one. So the only way to get to know God is through his word. Okay. So if we don't know his word, we can't know his good, acceptable, and perfect will. Because God's word is his good, acceptable, and perfect will. And so um, the word of God teaches us. He said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And one translation, I believe it's NLT, said, my people are destroyed because they don't know me. And so when we don't know God, the devil's able to trick us. Because when we don't know who God is, we can't know his good, acceptable, and perfect will. Right? So the devil is tricking us. What we don't know is really hurting us. He, he said, my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Or my people are destroyed because they don't know me. So there's no condemnation because, like I said, God and his word is one. Now you understand the fight. Now you understand why it's so hard for you to, for us to buckle down and read the word. It's so hard for us. We don't want to read it. We want someone to just to give us the answers. We don't want to seek God. We don't want to search them out for ourselves. We just want the shortcut. We want somebody. But it doesn't matter. You can have the answers right in your face. But unless you actually do what it says, you still we're still not going to see the manifestation of the promise. It's not that a lot of us don't know what the Bible verses says. The reason we're not seeing the promises manifest is because we're not doing what the promise says. Come on now. We know that in order to um, bake a cake, I like to use that, we have to follow the ingredients on the box. We have to do what it says. Just looking at the cake and knowing how to bake a cake is not going to give you the manifestation of the cake. That's why he said it's the doer of the word that's blessed and not the hearer only. And he said, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, lest you deceive yourself. It doesn't matter how many Bible verses we know. It doesn't matter how well versed we are. If we're not doers of the word, we're really walking around in deception. And the deception is that the devil's got us thinking because knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. The devil got us thinking because we know the word. (laughs) We know something. But that's not what it is. It's just deception. And we're walking in rebellion because when we know what the word of God say, do and don't do it. He said, it's better not to know than to know uh, and not follow because the one that knows and does not follow will be beaten with more stripes. Right. So when we know what to do and we do it not, the Bible say for him is sin. So when we know what the word say and we're not doing it, we're not living it. Guess what? We're walking in rebellion. The Bible say rebellion is equal to the sin of witchcraft. Why is this? Because what we're doing is we're exercising our will above God's will. You know, this is a teachable moment. Okay, so God has not given us a spirit of fear. What is your fear factor? Look at those fears in your life and go to the root. Ask yourself, why am I afraid? I'm afraid I'm going to fall because I'm going to die. 
you're going to see it's going a lot of those fear factors are rooted in death. We are afraid to die. Let me tell you, Isaiah 40 uh Isaiah 41:10. Let me read you some encouraging Bible verses. It says, "Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you." I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. How many of you know that God says he is a present help in time of trouble? You do not have to fear, be afraid to die because he said, don't fear the one that has the power to kill your body, but we need to fear the one that has the power to take your soul to hell. You know, fear not for God is with you. You know, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Fear not. God is saying, don't be afraid. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God in the peace of God. The reason we're not having peace, once again, because of when we become anxious, God is telling us what to do with anxiety. He says, in everything by prayer and supplication. What is the counsel of God concerning that worry, concerning that fear, concerning that thing that's making you feel overwhelmed? What does the word of God say? Cast your cares upon the Lord. Get 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 your iPad and and right now I'm sitting up here and I'm looking at Bible verses about fear and anxiety. Look up look up what the word says about fear and anxiety and begin to quote the word of God. This is our weapon. Every time we speak the word, we swing the sword. Okay. Psalms 53 and 56 and 3 says, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Why is this? When we are afraid, we're to put our faith and trust in the Lord. When we put our faith and trust in the Lord, the Lord says, guess what? Those who put their trust in me, I'm not going to cause them to be ashamed. How many of you know that God watches over his own word to perform it and that he who promised is faithful? God will do what he says he will do because he cannot tell a lie. You know, just know that when you're standing on the promises of God, I'm telling you, I'm here to testify to you that I know for a fact that God's word is true. I've had to stand and still stand on the word of God and say, God, God is for me. Walk in obedience to God. Because when you're walking in obedience to God, you can say that God is for me. And when God is for me, God is fighting for me. The angels of the Lord is hearken to the voice of the Lord to carry out the word of the Lord. Okay. So God is for you. When God is for you, nothing and nobody can stand against you. But in order for God to be for you, you have to be for him. You have to be walking in submission to what he say. Because when we're not walking in submission to what God say, then we have an open door into our lives for the enemy to come in to gain access into our lives. Let's shut those open doors, those doors of rebellion, those doors of ignorance, those doors that we know um, where we're, we're living contrary to um, the word of God, the will of God, and the way of God. Okay, uh, Deuteronomy 31 and 6, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. You know, not only is God with us, but I want to reiterate to you that as born-again believers, the Bible tells us that our body is the temple in 1 Corinthians. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the living God lives on the inside of us. Right. So God is not just with us, but God is in us. How powerful is that? My, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The spirit of the living God is in us. What is your fear factor? What lie has the devil told you to make you believe that the word of God is not true? What lie has the devil told you that's tormenting you? But I'm here to give you good news to let you know that the word of the Lord to you is to fear not. Do not be afraid. Be anxious for nothing. Fear not, for I am with you, says the Lord. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Fear not, for the Lord your God is with you. God is with us, and God is in us. And when that spirit of fear comes, speak to it. And tell it, Isaiah 41 and 10, I will fear not. I will not be dismayed for my God is with me. For my, the spirit of the living God is on the inside of me. He will strengthen me and he will help me and he will uphold me with his righteous right hand. For after I've suffered a little while, he will come and restore me. He will establish me and he will settle me and he will cause all those evil things that have happened to me to work together for my good, to work in my favor. He will turn it around. 
and he will take the mess and turn it into a messenger. And he will take the test and turn it into a testimony. Fear not, because true confidence, I'm not talking about self-confidence. I'm talking about the real confidence. True confidence comes from having faith in God's love for us. Because when we have confidence in God's love for us, the fear of death will have no place in us. The fear of man will have no will not be able to ensnare us. The spirit of always fearing that the worst is going to happen. Oh, if there was no luck, there would be no luck. Watch your words. We do not have to dread. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things of good report, Philippians. Think on these things. Whatsoever things are praiseworthy. Because the mind is a battleground. And the spirit... Is a fear is a spirit and it comes to torment you and it wants to torment everything and everybody around you. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink. Know about your body, what you will put on it. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not a more valuable than they And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither tore nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Matthew 6, 25, 34. 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties, listen to this, all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. First Peter 5, 6, and 7. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Joshua 1 and 9. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua 1, 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous, says the Lord. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your anxieties upon him because he cares for you. 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected yet. We talked about that earlier. That when we love others like God loves them, then our, his, our love is made perfect. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world give, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Don't let your heart be anxious because when your heart begins to get anxious, when fear comes, it, it causes us to become anxious. He said, don't let your heart become like that. Don't let your heart be troubled and neither don't let your heart become afraid. Because God said, I'm, I can give you peace. Isaiah 35 and 4 says to those who have an anxious heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Isaiah 35 and 4. These are all English Standard Versions. Isaiah 35 and 4, English Standard. Let me read this. says to those who have an anxious heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Psalms 23, 4, English Standard. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Will you let the Holy Spirit shepherd you? Will you let your Heavenly Father shepherd you? He wants to... uh, even though he tells us fear no evil because his rod and his staff, they comfort us. The word of God will, will comfort us. The word of God will lead God and direct us. Proverbs twelve twenty five: anxiety in a heart weighs him down. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Listen to something that's funny. Read the word. The word of God will bring hope. It will encourage us. It will inspire us. It will give us insight and wisdom it will lead God and direct us into the way we should go Matthew 6 34 therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious 
for itself or it has enough worries of its own sufficient for the days its own trouble it has enough of its own troubles Exodus 14 14 the Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent you can be silent and the Lord will fight for you hold your peace and let the Lord fight to battle Psalm 27 and 1 of David the Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear the Lord is a stronghold of my life of whom shall I be afraid Psalms 94 19 when the cares of my heart are many your consolations cheers my soul, Lord Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Psalms 118.6, I'm almost out of time. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Lord Jesus Christ. Psalms 118.6, Psalms 27, one through, uh, Psalms 15.13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Isaiah 43 and 1, but that now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by my name. You are mine, Lord Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Hebrews 11 and 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. I'm getting ready to end it here. Lamentations 3, 57, you came near when I called on you. You said, do not fear. Um, the, you know, um, God tells us over a hundred sometimes to fear not, maybe even more than that. He wants us to know three, um, 365 times or not more, I'm not sure. But he wants us to know to fear not. Why is he telling us? Because fear is a spirit. And when we fear, we, it causes us to doubt. And when we doubt, we can't receive anything from the Lord because without faith, it's impossible to please God, right? We must not only believe that he first believed that he exists, but we must also believe he's a reward of those that diligently seek him. So I want, right now, we're going to just announce that spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. And we speak to the spirit of fear and we command it to go and to loose God's people right now in the name of Jesus. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Therefore, we do not receive you. We denounce you and we deject you. We reject you in the name of Jesus. You will not torment us, but we will come before our Heavenly Father. We will make in, in prayer, making our request, bringing Him our supplications and our prayer requests, making it known unto Him, casting our cares upon Him, and leaving it there. And through everything, the prayer, supplications, giving our Heavenly Father thanks, and we thank you right now, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, that those things that was trying to torment us, that lying spirit of fear that was trying to torment us, making us think that something bad is always going to happen, making us afraid, thinking we're going to die if we ride in an airplane, trying to make us be afraid of heights, trying to make us be afraid of riding in elevators because thinking it's going to fall and crash and we're going to die, causing us to... Oh, fear death. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory, Father? Um, You overcame death, hell, and the grave. Devil, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You have no authority. We find that tormenting spirit, Father, and we just cast our cares, our worries, our fears upon you, that this affliction, it will not uh, uh, bring about death, that these this spirit of infirmity, this coronavirus, people are afraid and they're running, getting a shot because they are afraid to die. But the devil is a liar. That's the lie that he has sown. And Father, we thank you that everything that has been spoken, every hidden agenda, that every lie that has been spoken in secret will be made be made manifested by your light in the name of Jesus. You said for every word spoken in secret, it will be shouted from the house top, from the rooftop. It, it will be, let it be seen on social media in the name of Jesus. Every hidden thing we call it and command and ask you, Father, that you shine your light on it in the name of Jesus. And Father, we repent for not trusting you because when fear comes on us, that means we have lost confidence in your love for us. Father, we ask that you forgive us. We repent right now, Father. We believe your word. We believe that it was because you so loved us that you gave your son Jesus to die for us. Father, we say we're sorry. We repent right 
right now in the name of Jesus. And we give you the glory, Father, through prayer, praise, supplication, and with thanksgiving, Father. We just sit before you. We gather before you, knowing that you are in the midst of us, Heavenly Father. And we say thank you, our Abba Father. Thank you, our Jehovah Jireh. Thank you, our Jehovah Nisi, our Jehovah Rapha. You say that you are. Whatever it is that we need, that's what you are. You are the supplier of every need, Father God. Therefore, we will not fear for lack or for want. We will not fear any sickness or any disease for it shall not come nigh us according to Psalms 91 Father God no sickness no disease no pestilence shall come nigh our dwellers shall come nigh our family because the devil cannot cross the bloodline in the name of Jesus Father we believe that the blood of Jesus covers us that it redeemed us Father God it didn't just save us Father God but it redeemed us and he who knew no sin became sin we have been redeemed from the curse of every sickness for every disease in the name of Jesus. And Father, we believe what your word says. And your word says that by Jesus' stripes, we're already healed. We believe the report of the Lord. We believe Jeremiah 29 11, Father. For you have said, for you know the plans that you have. You said the plans for welfare, not for evil, but to bring us into a, to give us a future and a hope, Father God. We thank you that the plans you have for us are good. And so we will not fear... We will not fear no evil. We will not fear the pestilence. We will not fear the corona. We-